All right, uh, inappropriate. All back to in-person interviews. Uh, you know, and this next guest might be controversial. I have a feeling. Um, I probably owe her an apology too. We'll get into that uh, for something I was forced to do. And uh, she's one of the funniest uh, rising comics on the LA scene. Uh, she was good at roast battle. Don't hold that against her. Um, <laughs> please give it up for the lovely and talented Alice Hamilton. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> no, thank you for coming. Uh, you know, it's a weird time to ask people to come to your home and. Uh, yeah, I'm. Don't worry, I'm. I'm double, double vaxxed and boosted. So. Did you have any uh, like uh, fears of getting? Like some people are like, I, I don't want that stuff in my body. Or no, 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 no. I have no fears about the chemicals. I, my fears are completely around the needle. I like. I really had a, a, a moment of panic in the CVS when I was getting my booster shot. And I didn't realize, but like there's like 20 people in the waiting room who could all hear me going like one second, one second, one second, you know, like really, really uh, acting like a child. Did you go by yourself? No, uh, my boyfriend, Chris, has to come with me because he like uh, he 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 had literally has to like hold my arm still because I'm uh, the needles is really like a thing for me. Oh, I get it. I mean, the guy there was an older dude when I got it. Uh, at poinsettia park it was like that, that was weird to me that it was like an open medical tent in the oh, park i i was i got mine at dodger stadium parking lot so <laughs> that's like, weird uh well he uh fainted right in front of me and uh, i mean we probably weren't that much farther apart in age so i was like oh boy that, that doesn't look good and then uh chandler got it we got the johnson the yeah johnson because we heard it was the least uh invasive I got the Johnson and Johnson because it's only one needle. <laughs> yeah, that too. I was like, "Oh, you did just one shot. That's great." Yeah. <laughs> and then we got a hint from someone uh, we don't have to get into their uh, identity who said, "If you squeeze your arm when they put the needle in, most of it goes out." So, like, if you like, I had to get it for you know, like the comedy store, and and I didn't really, I didn't really want to get it, but you know. You know, as long as you got it, you can I mean, feel how you want to feel. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. So, uh, you know, what got you into comedy? I, because this is what I love about having you on. I don't know anything about you. Yeah, I'm a weird, I'm a weirdo. Um, honestly, I, uh, I, I was gonna, I came down to, to L.A. to take uh, acting lessons. And from then, where? From Portland, Oregon. Okay. And uh, I thought that if I got into comedy, it would help the acting i thought it would help me get like stuff and uh then i i really loved comedy way more than the acting classes so i quit the acting classes and just started doing stand-up i did also didn't realize how much comedians hate the actors who are like i'll just you know try stand-up because it's easy like but, jeremy piven yeah 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 yeah. Which i, is how I was met. jeremy piven so yeah jeremy piven is how we met god what i mean night. formally i i'd always known who you were uh but then yeah um, i don't think we'd talked but yeah same well, I don't talk uh, to younger comics anymore, female comics, because it, it probably is like, oh, Earl's creeping, and I'm really not, but I just... Uh, that it, might be an overcorrection. If it, you're it just is. Yeah, if you're just, like, avoiding them at all costs, like, yeah, you can talk to them, just don't... Yeah, know, don't, you know... Don't, like, be, don't be so fucking weird. God, the things that people have, like, whispered in my ear at the comedy store has been fucking... Let's get in it. Well, first of all, what I was talking about was... Um, Alice was battling Zach Stein one night. Jeremy Piven was judging. What a shock that him and Jeff Ross would be friends. 
That I don't see that coming. What do they even have in common? What do they even talk well, about? Uh, and Jason Reitman, the great Jason Reitman, who if I was his career advisor, I'd be like, hey, dude, you know, you're already famous and successful. Your dad's a legend. Like, You don't need this show anymore. You don't need to do this to uh, but, yourself. Have some respect. Yeah. I mean, like his dad did every movie, every comedy movie from the 80s. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I was told to go up there. I guess your your guys battle was ending quicker than they thought. Yeah. Uh, I was I was bombing my fucking ass off. I was so embarrassed. None of my jokes were hitting. And uh, I was literally trying to stand behind uh, Zach Stein. I was trying to keep Zach Stein in between me and Jeremy Piven because I was like, I just don't want him to remember me or try right. to talk to me or interact with me at all. Uh, or, you know, just because that dude uh, allegedly gets wild. But uh, allegedly, then you ran up on the stage and distracted everyone from everything and i was like thank fuck because i was not only was i losing but fucking pivens there i almost was like i don't even want to battle i almost left well, but i was like that's too cunty feminist of me just fucking do the battle it doesn't matter well that's what i love about roast battle in back when i was involved in it uh was everyone was a target like you could be a feminist you could be the most macho you know uh, old dude in the world or you could be john mayer you could be dave Chappelle. even dave Chappelle got shit on and it's like because he got it and then uh it shows i don't know what's going on now but uh so i went up there and interrupted their battle because i was told to make fun of piven i thought he was in on the joke so i'm sitting there you know, like and i'm mortified because i saw the look on your face which is who's this fucking guy <laughs> Um, no the look you saw on my face was oh i'm so embarrassed this i just fucking lost so hard <laughs> but no that's the great thing about you know back when i did roast battle and someone would lose i'd be like it doesn't matter no one remembers yeah um and then you know at I'd- the time yeah i was so early in stand-up i thought it was so important and then now i'm like oh yeah there's you know tapes of me bombing but who gives a shit well i think it uh yeah i think it was important back in the day to I guess not get in at the comedy store as a comic, but to I, I guess show your face up there to yeah network uh, and then see and be seen. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think roast battle was harmful to stand up because it gave a lot of people the idea that they could do it. I I think that roast I think that the roast battle could have been better. I have issues with how they ran the L.A. roast battle specifically. But you you tell you tell your story about Piven. Uh, oh, it's real fast. So, uh, but it, it it goes to show you the wackiness of the show. Where you know, I bullied him basically because uh, I had several female friends of mine at the Laugh Factory who yeah, he creeps on me. I don't really like him, and and so I, I yeah, I have no problem bullying that guy. And uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't in on the joke. <laughs> no, he was uh, he was really scared and startled, and he was real quiet and mousy the whole time. Well, I'd been given some inside intel on when he's not doing well or he's nervous, he starts tapping the mic, and uh, he did that at one point. Oh shit! Uh, and I'm like, yeah, this ain't the laugh factory, dude. Our, our jokes, our, our mics work here. And he looked at me like, oh shit, he knows. <laughs> and I was embarrassed. And then Jeff called me about an hour later. He said, why'd you bully him? I'm like, are you crazy? This whole show is based on bullying. Yeah. You know, uh, but now he's being protected, like. I was told to go up there. 
I mean, if 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 Jeff called, then you know it, it fucking hurt Piven's feelings. Oh, it made me even better. Yeah. But like, you know, I've always disagreed with it's a joke writing showcase. It's it's a bullying. Like if you and I battled, which we would not, because I respect you too much. <laughs> but it's like, okay, how do I make fun of her hair? Mm-hmm. How do you make fun of my age or or who I've dated in the room or or who yeah. you dated in the room? That's not common. Shock, yeah, shock value bullshit, and just kind of like airing out everybody's shit, and and you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I never liked roasting, and this is gonna sound like so fucking whatever, but I, I, it's hard to roast straight white guys because it's like they can go after me, make jokes about like racism, sexism, rape, slavery, like really shocker jokes that the crowd's going to be like, Oh my God, they fucking went there. And it's like, what do I, what can I say back? Like it's an uphill battle. So I tried to, I would try to roast people that had something going on and Zach Stein's Jewish and his mom beat the shit out of him. So I was like, (laughs) all right, I'll look past the fact that you're straight and white. So. I mean, I see, I think it's harder for the guy when they're battling a girl, like you're hot. You know, so I can't like attack your looks. Uh, no, everybody attack my looks all the time. But you, could, there's there's stuff to mock. Well, I I mean, it, but it's fake mocking. Like you know, every guy in that room, and I say this with respect to your man, uh, <laughs> would you know be pretty psyched if you said yes to a date or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so it's like, okay, well, I can't make fun of her looks. Uh, she's funny, so now there's some unfunny females who you could attack their comedy, and there's unfunny males too, like. Yeah, lot. no one ever roasted me for being a bad comedian. I never had anyone say that shit about me. That was nice. Which I always thought was a mistake to not attack someone's comedy because that hurts. Yeah, it was like really, that's how you hurt the feelings. Like, you know, you could call me old, but I know I look better than most people in the room in terms of like, now it's the roast battle crowd. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm no, not. there's some uh, some uglies in that room. And, you know, but you know, you're pretty deep down. You know it. So <laughs> like, okay, make fun of my hair. Or, or whatever yeah uh but when you attack someone's comedy that's at their soul like. <laughs> yeah especially in the comedy store and because, especially when it's like you know i would watch all these like open mic comedians that i knew were trash be like you suck at comedy no you suck at comedy just like doing jokes that would apply to both of them and it's like yeah none of y'all should be here right now yeah, well, it's definitely, and if you look at the last two bookers, uh, Emily now and Adam, neither one of them, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak for them, but I don't think they like the show. I didn't ever see him hanging out. Well, I think Adam stopped going when, uh, I think one night in the VIP section, it was like three roast battle comics. It was like, oh boy, this show's jumped the shark. <laughs> Like, you know. Yeah, the I they would let me. Guam would always let me sit in the uh, VIP section. I was like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> I love Guam. <laughs> I fucking Guam's love Guam. A staple, along with Meyerwitz, and just because he was like, "You were so fucking funny," and I was like, "You are. You were there on the good nights. If you were there on the bad nights." But, but you're uh, almost too good of a comic to do roast roast battle because I I find the you can be good at roast battle but bad at stand up. Oh, fuck yeah. There's and, amazing roasters who I'm like, you have no future in stand-up comedy, but you could do this. Yeah, you better hope a Roast Wars picks up steam because that's what you're involved in. Or, or, Comic Wars, yeah. Com- sorry. I the, it might be They might be having an, uh, an exciting new location soon, but I don't want to, you know, say right, right. nothing. You know, but uh, well, yeah, they're moving that thing, uh, and it's still doing great. I love it. It reminds me of Roast Battle in the early days uh, where no one was trying to get on TV. Mm-hmm. and. 
uh, there really wasn't a rankings or whatever that whole thing was. Yeah, yeah. The and, ranking. The, someone told me I was on the ranking, and I that was the first time I heard that the ranking existed. They were like, "Congratulations, you're like 48 out of 50," and I was like, "What?" And send me a link. Well, what are you talking about? Well, I yeah, I don't know how but, accurate. Uh, roast battle. I um towards the end, like right before the pandemic, I don't even know for how long. Could have even been like six months ish. I think I was taking the photos for roast battle, right. so I was at the show from start to finish every single Ooh. week. And uh, one thing that irritated the shit out of me. No disrespect to Brian Moses, but like he, him, and Jeff. As soon as Jeff would come and sit down, Jeff would pick up the mic and he'd be, you know, Moses would be like, oh, there's seven battles tonight. Maybe two of them will be good. And then the audience is like, what the fuck? And then Jeff is like, uh, hey, Brian, can we just like keep it moving? He's saying this into the microphone. I'm like, the audience is right there. They can hear you guys saying this shit. And then they'd be like, oh, man, this audience is dead. I'm like, you killed them. You told them the show was going to be fucking terrible up top. And Jeff would be like, let's just keep these battles moving. Let's just go. As, as, please, can we get through this as quick as possible? And I was like, Brian, you and Jeff need to have this conversation, not in the fucking microphones. Have this conversation downstairs before the show starts. Because, yeah, they'd kill the crowd and then complain about how the crowd was dead. Well, I always thought there was too many battles. The, yeah, they were booking too many battles. And there's too many comedians up top. And Brian Moses, like at the at the time I heard that he was saying like, anyone can get stage time. So he, he didn't want to ban people that he knew were shitty at comedy. And I totally, you know, respect that. It's really nice. And it's a comedy store. So, you know, people were excited. But uh, yeah, you have like 10 comics up top and like seven or eight of them suck. And then that's going to kill the audience. Absolutely. And then like on top of that, like after that's over and they're like, finally, we're at the show. Then Jeff Ross is like, this one's going to suck. And Moses is like, yeah, I wish I could leave. And the crowd is like, fuck, we paid money for this. I just felt I felt like they were running the show into the ground a little bit with that. But hopefully they're not doing that shit anymore. I mean, uh, like they're doing one tonight at Supernova, which I can't think of two things that I like less in this world. But, uh, you know, I feel sorry for some of my friends who are on it. I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? Like, work on your stand up. The, the gravy train's over for this show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe not for Comic Wars, but like. Uh, Comic Wars does. Comic Wars runs a better show. And the I, I know Roast Battle in the store used to be fucking popping and it was the best. Yeah, but they they it's lost a lot recently. And I thought I was shocked that they were they were even gonna bring it back after the pandemic. I was like, well, that's it for Roast Battle. But they're just because Jeff and Jeff made it seem like he hated going to it every single week. So oh, I was like, he loves Why? it. I, but he would have such a like, oh, this isn't even convenience type of attitude. And he'd be talking such bullshit. I was like, if you hate doing this, and he's probably not going to bring it back after COVID. And then he's bringing it back. And I was like, well, after you got me too, I guess maybe that was the thing that you needed. You're like, no, no, no. I still have roast battle. It's where it's like now he has nothing else. I mean, you know, I don't know what he's got in the pipeline. I'm assuming it's roasting related. But uh, <laughs> I wonder how Comedy Central is going to going to do the. I mean, I think they'll just, well, of course, it's Comedy Central, so who the hell knows? Yeah. But I would guess they would just get someone who is pretty squeaky clean in terms of their past and, uh, you know, just restart it. Someone like a Dr. Ken, you know, who has, mm -hmm. like, zero baggage. You know, yeah. he's a doctor. Yeah. Like, 
but he's funny yeah and so i would think you know someone of that ilk i don't know who else you know paul rudd mm. you know who has like he's not even on social media so he doesn't even tweet wacky shit out um there's not even tweets to crucify him for <laughs> so yeah it'll be interesting God, to... every day i think i should just delete my twitter and instagram every single day i'm like i'm gonna just delete this fucking stupid shit I, if I wasn't in stand-up, I, I wouldn't be on social media. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, hey, look at my picture at the comedy store with uh, Quentin Tarantino. Every single fucking... I, there were so many goddamn Tarantino pictures on my feed the next day. Everyone was getting a picture. I felt bad for him. Well, I think... He, but he's probably of, having fun. He loved it. You yeah. could tell, like, you know... I think the store's uh, energizing to an older dude because it's pretty much younger people there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, outside of me and Eddie Pepitone, um, <laughs> there's not a lot of old dudes up there. Hey, hey, Jeff Ross is still around. There. Yeah, so I think Jeff is older than me. So I beat him in youth, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think who knows what will happen with the show now. I mean, the they're already kind of repeating battlers yeah yeah you know there's I, no I second wave i think of the people who were really like the most fun with it i mean it just got so bitter like i was you know that that last few months before covid hit did you quit or did you just say hey this isn't for me anymore or uh no i um uh i i think that I think that someone there, uh, she like messaged me and she was like, hey, the store like cracked down on photographers and they only want specific people. So they, you know, they don't just want anyone taking pictures in the store. So thanks. We're going to get, you know, the other person to do it. And I was like, cool. I don't know how much this person liked me, but to to, to be fair to them. Blonde? Yeah. I'd, and I'd, she, I she I made like a plan with her and then I, I I blew off roast battle, I think, once or twice. And then she was like. I legitimately forgot to text and say, I'm sorry, I can't take pictures this week. I meant to, and I spaced it. And she was like, hey, where are you? And I was like, San Diego. Uh, And then I think she was irritated and I felt bad, but I also lied. So I think she was like, we're good if you're just going to lie to my fucking face and forget about roast battle on a regular basis. But at the same time, I don't think they did a show after me because COVID had hit by then. Yeah, I think uh, some of the battlers were not vaxxed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would guess those digits. Uh, I guess he's vaxxed now, but uh, <laughs> he's right. I love him, but he strikes me as someone who like. I saw someone at the the comedy store that apparently got fired, but I saw them. They had there's these um bedazzled mesh masks right. that are like completely fake, and your air just goes like straight through them. It's oh, I love it. Yeah, literally just like plastic with holes in it, but it looks like a real mask because the diamonds distract from the fact that it's it's literally mesh. And the she was someone was wearing one of those, and I was like, "You're wearing a fucking fake mask and pouring drinks." And I was like, "Do I care in this? Do I snitch?" And then later, the they got fired. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's and I uh, stayed out of it, but I, I I swerve out of my lane every once in a while. Well, you have to in in L.A. comedy. It's a jungle out there. Uh, so I mean, I don't want to get sick, you know. Yeah. I, you know i mean hello look if you're if you're you know if you're vacuuming you know in an empty room i don't give a fuck but if you're pouring drinks and you got a fake mask on yeah i mean that's uh but she was a controversial uh person <laughs> at the store so uh let's get back into comedy yeah <laughs> now you said something uh along the lines of feminism which you had a 
incident a few oh yeah <laughs> maybe a few months ago i'll set it up and i'll just be quiet um because <laughs> yeah, i let women when, speak i was reminded of the incident while i was looking uh you know just for some cursory info on you and i go oh yeah the guy was looking at pictures because uh, you were on a show with mm -hmm. this guy like a bar show or yeah some random uh like a just a like a bar show that went for four hours oh awesome yeah it's a uh, 6 p.m to 10 p.m and uh i did it once before and so i had sent a headshot so the booker had that old headshot and we didn't message at all so literally you open your messages to send me like, hey, can you do my show? The first thing you see is the headshot that I've sent you wow. from last time. And so I was like, yeah, I can do the show. And then uh, like didn't send a headshot because I'm like, he's got that one. And then when I see the poster, it's a picture. It's there's one picture of me on my Instagram where like my boobs are really out. Like <laughs> maybe there's two. Maybe there's two. There used to be way more. I took them off. But uh, <laughs> do you take them off because of creepy guys in comedy? No, 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 no. I just took them off because it was just stupid bullshit. It wasn't the tits. It was the right. fact that I was like, what am I doing? You know, right. Posting this dumbass picture at Target or whatever the fuck. I was like, let me just clean house. Uh, and then he he used that one. And I have like an Instagram filter on my face. So there's like these giant cartoon purple flowers on my face and my boobs out. And then he's like, here's the flyer for the show. <laughs> and so I was like, I sent it to a friend of mine. And I was like, can you fucking believe the picture that this person used? And they were like, Alice, you do not have to do these shows. And then I was like, oh, that's right. I don't. So then I messaged. I was like, oh, of course, I was going to quit anyway. And, but I wasn't. I was still going to do it. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. So I was like, what do I say to this dude to quit? So I was like, all right, I'll just say something and then screenshot it. But like, no, his name, his face, none of it was in there. It was just the message. But then when he, the message went viral, which I didn't even think anybody was going to see that shit. I loved it. Oh, I, everyone fucking loved it. I got a bunch of fucking follows from, you know, big comics who have no fucking clue who I am, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking take it. But yeah, I, uh, <laughs> God, he replied to it and started calling me female Smollett, but he was misspelling Jesse Smollett's mm. name. <laughs> but he was called, that was really fucking funny. I, I love that. And he kept calling me female Smollett. And I was like, yo, nobody knew it was you until you got up in the replies right. and he blocked me before, but then he was replying to people who had replied to me. And so I couldn't see anything he was saying, but I could see the people replying to him. And then some people were posting screenshots of what he, of, he just kept calling me female Smollett over and over again. And then he tried to say like, if you type Alice Hamilton into Google, it's the first picture that shows up. So, you know, she should be trying to cancel Google. And it's like, it's the first picture that shows up because of this tweet. Like wow. it was never before than the first, like you clearly search through my shit and it's like everyone else is like, please send a headshot that you'd like me to use. Please send a picture you want me to use. And so I just assumed he was going to use the old one. And uh, yes, yeah, so I just uh, fucking told him off and then it went viral. And then a bunch of like a small handful of male comedians got pissed at me for like being a feminist. I'm like, I didn't even think anyone was going to see this shit. And they're mad. They're mad at me that it went viral, that other people retweeted it. I don't I never looked at it as you being like, you know, Gloria Steinem. Oh, know? no. And I wasn't. But uh, that's how they see it. If they're threatened by, you know, women, they're like, you posted the picture of your tits, but he can't use it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I post the picture because it's my picture and he can't use it unless he asks for it. Like, that's a super simple concept. But they were like, if you post it, we can use it on the flyer.
Some guys were like, he was trying to sell tickets. Come on. And I'm like, no, he's a comedy show, you know? Well, I think it's just the image. And I think you said it in one of your replies uh, before he blocked you of him just scrolling through your yeah pics looking for a you know i don't know i guess a big busty pic of you and <laughs> he scrolled through my instagram and picked his favorite pic which was the one of me and my tits out <laughs> and have you seen him uh, by the way his name's mark seltzer for anyone uh, who wants to put him on blast what? i wasn't gonna say shit but he do run oh, a bad show so that, uh, fuck him <laughs> well he you know, like and he outed himself a, a by himself yeah we're gonna call rename this uh the naming names podcast <laughs> yeah the uh, talking shit with earl skagel <laughs> yeah i mean well i mean i because someone i had an open mic or the other night say we love how you talk shit i'm like i don't think i do like i'm honest like you're being honest the guy yeah, was a creep yeah uh, yeah i don't think that's talking shit uh, if he if he hadn't done that i'd had nothing but nice things to say about him regardless of the quality of his show yeah, I mean, well, he tried to sales pitch me. Hey, I'll get you in on a future show. I'm like, dude, it's a bar show, and I think what, Montebello or something. I'm like, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. I mean, I know my place in the world of comedy, but like, it's not Montebello or wherever this. And he's like giving me comedy tags. And I'm like, oh, oh God, dude. Jesus uh, Christ. Now, what got you? Like, I know why you started stand up, but what? Who were your influences? Like, did you look at like? Uh, like black female comics or like was this something I, um i was a uh, i was homeschooled and my mom didn't uh get us it was super christian for religious reasons evangelical my mom did not get us um like cable or like we had like the rabbit ears um oh. for like a long ass time because oh. my mom just thought everything on the tv that wasn't the Jesus channel was sinful and rabbit ears pick up the Jesus channel. So we watched a lot of TV preaching and then she only got a satellite dish when they came out with the feature that allowed you to put a lock on the TV. Right. So her five kids couldn't get into anything unless she was like, she knew what we were watching. And so like in she did that for like four or five years. And then finally she got sick of us asking her and she just took the lock off. And that was right. like two thousand. I was like 12. And so I didn't know what I wanted to watch. So I just went to Comedy Central because I was like, they'll play funny shit on this channel. And uh, I would just watch every single Comedy Central Presents. But because I was homeschooled and only went to church and the library and that's it, I had no fucking clue who any of them were. But so I just watch all of them. So I don't remember exactly who inspired me the most or like who I was imitating or, or you know, whatever. But it all just got into my brain from like a really young age. I had I had Nick Swartzen's uh, Comedy Central Presents memorized. He's the best. Yeah, no, that was a fucking great one. Um, my, when, oh, actually when we would go on vacation, we'd go on these road trips, we'd stay in a hotel. Um, there was no password on the TV in the hotel room. And what? since uh, my, all of our vacations were like, my dad was scheduled for a business trip and uh, he said, instead of flying me out, can you just give me the cash for the ticket and I'll drive myself? And then he would drive his wife and five children in a 15 passenger van from like Portland, Oregon to Las Vegas. Uh, our air conditioning went out uh, once we hit the desert in Vegas. That was sucked. It was so fucking hot until we got there um, and got to like a mechanic in Vegas. But uh, anyway, what I was saying is the hotel was meant for like this guy and his wife, they were assuming w would be who he's bringing. Right. So it's like two queen beds. And uh, he would put all seven of us in a hotel room and there was nothing else to do. And my mom didn't want us to fight and whatever. So on vacation, we could also watch TV. And uh, Nick Swartzen's 
Comedy Central Presents came on, and because I had it memorized, I knew I could mute it in real All time right. so that my mom wouldn't hear any jokes that would make her go change the channel. And uh, I just did that. And then, like, how, what's your like writing process? Because everyone's different. It's my probably my favorite question to ask comics because I don't think I've ever gotten the same answer once. Like, do you sit with a notebook? Do you? Nah, I um. Uh, in the beginning, I, I always loved like late night talk shows. I would watch those a lot because my mom would, you know, not freak out if they said like damn one time. Right. Uh, and so I'd watch a lot of those. And I also daydream. I, you know, fucking TikTok. They, they, they're they talking about this thing called maladaptive daydreaming, which is where you're essentially addicted to daydreaming to the point where like you lay down in bed and you can't fall asleep because you're like in some other world. Right. And when I heard about that, I was like, shit, I've been doing that since I was like four. So I uh, would always be daydreaming about myself being on a talk show. And I'm like, what would I say? And I'd always criticize, uh, you know, who the guest and like the story they're telling. Cause I'm like, this is not funny at all. This is not a good story at all. This, you, you know, you get to be on Conan and this is what you're going to talk about. And I, and so I would just like daydream about what I would say in the funny stories I would tell. And then one day it just kind of dawned on me like oh why don't I just go to open mic and see if any of this shit is actually funny uh because I heard Pete Holmes say on like a Nerdist podcast just go to an open mic and watch and when you see what they're doing you'll be like oh I can at least try this right. so that's what I did and um now I just daydream about like uh being usually being on stage in the main room or being on stage at the Aladdin which is a theater in Oregon and um I'll just I can tune out the entire world because I daydream so hard. Right. <laughs> and so that's how I write my jokes now is I just like daydream about telling, doing stand up. I'll do jokes that I've written and then I'll think of new tags for them in the moment because I'll just be sitting there in my room like mouthing the words to no one. I love it. And then if I think of something funny that's, you know, I haven't done before, I just write it in my notes. Do you pattern yourself at all after any other uh, male or female comic? Like now um, that you have more access to like the internet and you know uh, more things than just comedy central uh they say that like everyone's doing someone yeah. and i don't know who i'm doing which makes me really scared that one day i'm gonna realize i'm like ripping off someone <laughs> this whole time and not doing anything original but i i've asked my friends too i'm like who who do i remind you of like whose comedy do i remind you of because even the first time i did mark seltzer's show there was this girl up there and the second she got on stage i was like your favorite favorite comedians Eliza Schlesinger because you're doing Eliza Schlesinger right she was holding the microphone by the uh, fucking thing like it's a fucking grenade she's hunching over she has a long blonde ponytail pulled back and she's like growling into the mic this I'm like we already have Eliza we don't need you doing Eliza also right. like if you want to do stand-up you can't just do Eliza and uh there was another there's another female comedian that I found recently where afterwards I was like, is your favorite comedian Eliza Schlesinger? She was like, yeah, I love her so much. And I was like, I didn't tell her she was doing Eliza, but maybe I should have been like, you kind of, you know, just as like to help her because she worked at a, you know. I mean, I think some people get offended. Like, no, I'm. Yeah. I'm, and I was know, like, what am I going to give unsolicited advice? Like I'm that person. I was like, she's not asking me. So, you know, I don't want to be a bitch about it. I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> I just and then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't even ask her if Eliza was her favorite comic. But as soon as she went on stage, I was like, you're do you're doing Eliza, right? Yeah, but I don't know who I'm doing. So maybe one day I'll find out that I'm a terrible hack. But uh, hopefully no, not yet. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Recently, uh, I've been thinking maybe Bill Burr, and he has a Boston accent, so that's why none of my friends are like, you remind me of Bill Burr. But I'm like, I do kind of 
yell and I'm, you know, fucking this. And uh, so maybe a little bit of him. But you keep it real, which I love. It's not cookie cutter like <laughs> me and my boyfriend. And, you know, you got a great dude. You know, I'm sure mm -hmm. you could just fall back on. He plays guitar. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> did you guys meet at Kill Tony? Right? Yeah, we did. He played the guitar for Kill Tony. Uh, and I was taking pictures at Kill Tony. That's how I got to take pictures of Roast Battle. Um, as because uh, uh David Deary was like, Roast Battle photographer's leaving if you want to get in there. And I, you know, I told him to talk to you. So thank you, Deary. But uh, yeah, we met at Kill Tony. I was taking pictures, and yeah, it was. Uh, we started. Yeah, we've been dating for like three-ish years now. I Another think. comedy store relationship. <laughs> that place should have its own he's date. not. He's not a stand-up comedian, and that's the only reason why I dated him. I was like, he's he's comedy adjacent, so he gets it. But he plays music, and I did not want to date another comic. But that's the only people I was hanging out with, and so I was yeah. like, fuck, this is. I think I was so scared of like this is gonna happen because everyone that I talked to is a comic, and I really don't want to date a comic. Yeah, I mean, I've. Uh... You know, for a while, that's all I dated, just because I'm not around lawyers. Mm -hmm. not, yeah, yeah, around... that's it's that's your your pool of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm not around uh, anyone but uh, comics or comedy fans, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then I hit a roast battle stretch, which was you know, <laughs> you know, that's another podcast. But uh, you know, it, it's tough to find someone who, like, he's a performer too, so I would imagine he mm -hmm. kind of gets, yeah you know what you're doing no totally he he he's uh fucking great and super supportive and uh never i i've always like i the the thing that i hated the most about stand-up comedy when i was just like watching all those comedy central presents was listening to these guys talk about their wives and just like really put all their wife shit on blast and tara just i'm like you sound unhappy <laughs> like the first time that i heard um Louis C.K. and Chris Rock do stand-up comedy, I was like, y'all getting divorced. And then I was like, I thought I was wrong about Chris Rock because he got divorced way later. But uh, And I didn't know Chris Rock had the kids, but... Right. I, I guess Louis did, too. Um, Louis yeah, was I, out I, of I control. Fucking, I fucking hated listening to... I, I hated listening to them to complain about their wives because pastors do that. And I grew up in church. And pastors, they some of them want to be comics, but they can't make fun of the Bible because that's like sacrilegious. All right. And they don't want to make fun of their son, I think, because they want their son to assume the pulpit when they retire. So they just would throw their wives and their daughters under the bus all the time. And I'd sit there in the audience like I'd be mortified if my fucking husband said some shit like this about me. So I didn't want to date a comic because I'm like, I don't want anyone writing jokes about me. And I don't want to talk about, you know, someone on stage like that. I just really, really fucking hate that shit personally yeah i mean i think i've had uh through the grapevine people tell me hey your ex is telling jokes about you i'm like well are they funny like that's yeah, how my yeah. ego is like, how, <laughs> are they I landing <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> do, now do you go to his shows and and yeah like i just went to a, he does concerts uh he's in a band called drac and the swamp rats and he's also in another band called the la dimes with uh, Chappelle lacy and joel jimenez i almost said joel McHale for some weird reason but um yeah, he's in a few. He's in a handful of bands. And I went to a Drac in the Swamp Rats show. And that band is it's a monster themed like punk band. Right. And so they're all dressed up like different monsters. So Chris is dressed up like the werewolf. Okay. And they're the lead singers like Dracula is covered like fake blood. And they just they kind of go hard. But, oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, when you have a bad show or he has a bad show, 
do you guys just leave each other alone or since you guys are both performers is it easier or worse dating another performer oh no when when we have a bad show we just kind of like complain about it and you know then put it to put it to rest it's uh yeah i i'm just kind of like ah oh, that fucking sucked and the the audience was weird but it was also my fault because other comics were doing better than me so i was off my game i let him get to me and you know and he's like oh that sucks and then we smoke weed and watch a movie <laughs> now because you grew up with pastors in your life do you think you take away any of you know because i i went to catholic uh church so there were some priests i guess who were performers in, in a did you take anything from their you know uh perform their stage presence or like how did you go about defining your stage presence um i might have because pat youth pastors have to be funny because they're talking to junior high and high school age kids and so they they try to be funny and so i probably picked up some shit from them because i remember when i was younger i used to like write a sermon every once in a while and i was because the pastors would ask kids to preach so i was like oh if they ever ask me to preach i'll have something ready to go right. and that shit was full of jokes um and, but like they never called me to preach uh, but I probably got some shit for that. I probably got some stuff from them. Youth pastors got to try to be funny. Unfortunately, I think I got more of just the, the preachiness, the like literal con condescending attitude towards the rest of the world. So sometimes I'll be talking to people and I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm like fucking preaching. And that's like the homeschool antisocial, like right. shit. I'm just fucking talking so much. And, uh, you know, so I, that I try to keep in where I'm like, don't lecture people, you know, like the, the girl do who's doing Eliza. I'm like, that's my pastor impulse to be like, you're doing Eliza. Let me right. help you, you know? And I was like, no, 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 no. Just fucking stay in your own lane. That's what I, I have trouble with that. No, that which is why, uh, you know, we, we've talked more on DMs than I guess in person. Yeah. COVID. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I enjoy your Bill Burr-esque, <laughs> uh, like you say, what's on your mind. And you know, yeah. you, if you're bothered by something, you say it, uh, and I think that's refreshing, uh, given that, you know, if you name names in this business, if someone has wronged you and you, you're open about it, he's like, you can't do that. It's going to hurt your career. You're not going to get a low level writing job on a roast. You can't yeah. do that, Earl. And, and obviously you're a long ways away from being my age, but like I found the older I've gotten that the more liberating it is to be like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck it. It, it, um, you know, some people can recover from criticism more than I think comedians believe they can because comedians will sometimes get hysterical over being criticized. And it's like, that's all stand-up comedy is, is, is fucking criticism. You know, it's like, it's, you know, but yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of comedians who, who don't say what on their, say what's on their mind. Cause they're afraid they they're, they've got like a little bit of a career going. And they're like, all right, well, you know, it's lame. Texas is banning abortions. But if I say anything right. like that, then the micro. And so it's like, I don't I, I personally really don't like a comedian that is scared to say some shit. You know, I don't like the ones that are Republican, but they pretend to be more liberal so that liberals will like them or they're liberal. But they pretend to be, you know, they wink at Republicans all the time. Like, I'm not as, you know, you know, Trump's not that bad type of shit. And it's like, no, you fucking hate him. Don't pretend like you don't hate Donald Trump. Right. You know, and I, I, I don't like those, you know, like it's kind of like neutered comedy. If you're just trying to like cast the widest net 
and appeal to the largest amount of people at the expense of being fucking real to yourself. And I feel like there's a fuck ton of comedians now who are all kind of doing the same shit where it's like we have like, you know, fucking 25 you know, headliners that are just like, oh, I, I stay away from, you know, anything controversial. It's like we don't need 25 bland, silly dudes, you know, like <laughs> someone say what you fucking believe. Somebody mock some shit that you're really passionate about. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was riding on the Baldwin roast, I knew a lot of the people on the dais were like, I can't say these jokes. Like, well, it's a roast, you know, like it's what we're doing mm -hmm. Like, is making fun of Baldwin and then. He gets the rebut back and and you know like yeah but you, you know the host was the guy from uh, will and grace sean yeah. hayes yeah and he's gay so like there was a lot of gay jokes towards him of course and no one really did them because it was like well i can't say him watching a hot dog eating contest is like me watching sports because uh I don't know. I got a show coming up on NBC. <laughs> it's like, well, why'd you agree to do the roast? Yeah, then? yeah. Like, if you, if the roast is gonna cost you something, then don't fucking do it. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and then they had Caitlyn Jenner on, and and so there's a lot of trans jokes mm -hmm. that were not told. That were there's a lot written, but none of them told. <laughs> um, God, and she got up at the end and started lecturing trans people on like, you guys take a joke, and it's like, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she probably had the best joke of the night. I, I had to go to it, which was dreadful because it was like four and a half hours. Of, so I had no idea that they redo some of the jokes if they don't land. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's like a, America's Got Talent where they're like, you're going to be here for a long time. Oh, it was the most dreadful experience of my life. Uh, just to act like you were happy that I or to act. I had to act like I was happy I was there. Like, oh, this is like torture. Robin Tran told me she was there. Yeah. And the as soon as Caitlin told like some some stuff, I think maybe even for Caitlin's like entire act, the camera just was like a foot away from Robin's face. Yeah. And she had to like pretend to smile because they're like, oh, look, a trans person's liking the trans jokes. We're progressive. And Robin was really annoyed and uncomfortable with that shit. Oh, I was uh, I had to battle Robin at Clusterfest. I didn't even want to do it. But I'm like, because Comedy Central was like, will you battle Robin Tran at Clusterfest? I'm like, this sounds like I'm getting set up again. Like, <laughs> you want a straight, white looking, I mean, I'm pretty. Canceled. Get him out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, I want two stand up spots on the festival. <laughs> and I sold out and did it. I was horrible. It was the worst experience. No, fuck it. Do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, uh, looking back, I probably just should have said no because uh, I was came out in a dress and like, they hated me from that. And Robin's great. She was killing me. And I'm like making fun of her looks. And I mean, she's lovely looking. But I, just, I fucking love Robin. <laughs> oh, she keeps it real. Like she makes yeah. fun of Rogan. And I'm like, oh boy, that's it's fucking time. It's fucking goddamn time. But I like, you know, that's even one I like, oh boy, like I'd like to get on that show at some point. I gotta I gotta take a knee. <laughs> he's not that bad. He's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not he's he talks about uh I like my entertainment pretty simple. Like you know yeah ufc and pro wrestling so when he gets talking about the vax and all that i i don't um listen to those episodes not i'm sure they're great but i i just that's the only ones i listen to is when somebody tweets he said some bullshit i'm like which one let me hear it for myself yeah and like he someone told me he had the undertaker on i'm like i'll listen to that because yeah. that guy's my favorite uh but he had some scientists on and i'm like all right i want to listen to that yeah i uh i remember thinking maybe in like you know 
2019 must have been like, I was thinking that someone doing a parody of Joe Rogan would be really funny. And I was like, that's something that you could just do on like Instagram. So I was thinking like one of my friends could do like an Instagram parody of Rogan and that would be really funny. And, and, but I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, but like, you couldn't do that because then everyone would ice you out if you like kind of were mocking him in a way that they didn't like, if they felt like you were calling him stupid or making fun of his, you know, his fans. Um, then, you know, so it's like, I was like, it sucks that no one can make fun of him. And then when Robin started making fun of him, I was like, oh yeah, fuck it. That Why would it be that no one could make fun of him? Well, I think she's in a great spot because who's going to make fun of her? Like, you mm-hmm. know, if you... Uh... And she's more than capable of firing back. Uh, yeah, but that's that thing about like I got a I got an NBC show next week guest spot, yeah. and if I mock Robin Tran on Twitter, you know, is that are they going to take oh, that away sure. from me? And so yeah, she she's uh, a lot of cowardly comedians deeply despise her, but they're not going to say shit because they're her. too scared. I fucking yeah, I fucking love her. I mean, looking back, I wish I I didn't do that particular roast just because the crowd was like, oh, I don't think the crowd got what roast battle was. Oh, uh, shit. So they thought, oh, he really believes that stuff about her. And I'm like, no. It's, and I think know. people hear Roast Battle and they're like, I hope this is good and not just like some, you know, edgelord, you know, type of nonsense. And so if you're you're a straight white guy, they're going to be like, oh, he's coming out like, you know, they're going to, oh, you know. It's a disaster. Like, like, the little hipster audience is, is not going to get it. I was so proud of my first joke and it just fell flat. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I then, think I mean, it was brutal. And then uh, Whitney and Neil Brennan. I just wanted to impress them. Like, I didn't even want Jeff's vote. And so I did a little bit of a comeback, but I still lost. Oh, but, shit. Uh, you know, just, uh, Neil Brennan was like, Earl, I didn't even know you did stand-up outside of L.A. I'm like, ah, you got me there. <laughs> I really should expand my horizons more. Um, do you do the road a lot? Speaking of comedy uh, outside of LA I I do whatever anyone books me on I had a show in Iowa that got canceled because of COVID I was like I got it in like January of 2020 and I was like fuck yeah I'm so excited I'm gonna you know go to Iowa it was for a Juneteenth show too so I was really excited for it and what's then- that I'm out of the loop <laughs> It's a black holiday uh, in June. Oh, is it really? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, yeah. They just made it. They just federally, I think Biden made it a holiday because he was like, I'm not going to do anything about police brutality. So you guys can have a little holiday in June. Good for Uncle Joe. <laughs> yeah. Throw, throwing us a bone like that. Uh, but yeah, I was I was going to do it was like a Juneteenth festival in Iowa that I was going to do stand up at. And I was fucking stoked. The guy was going to fly me out and everything. And then uh, COVID hit. But I've been booked in utah twice by two different people who both blew me off and i was like okay why are you pulling me aside being like here's my number you know i do a show in utah and i'm like sure i'll fly me to utah that's cool i'm I'm down with that and then they just like never anything so i was i do i do like mostly just shit in california uh what? yeah for right now um but i'm I'm fucking uh <laughs> i'm about to ramp it up I'm i'm doing i've got some more shit in the pipe but like so far it's just california and are you how much time do you have like do you headline some of these things uh yeah sometimes but like headlining the shows that i get booked on it's like you know they're not giving you a whole hour they're like giving you like you know 20 minutes and they're like you're a headliner and i'm like whatever you know so i'm like on a technicality sure but yeah i um i have a i have a ton of material i haven't written it out into a whole show but i have something that i just filmed um that i'm gonna post out on uh pretty soon okay yeah and uh 
when you do open mics, do you just go in there with like new stuff, new ideas, or do you write on stage? Like I do, I write on stage a lot. No, um, no, no, no. I memorize my shit like it's a monologue. And then I just do my little rehearsal. I don't even do crowd work. I just did a crowd work show at the improv and I fucking bombed my tits off. And I'm like, I don't do this shit. I don't know. How, I don't talk to you fuckers. I memorize my shit, say my little bullshit and then get off the stage. I, I never talk to anyone. And I think I, I also honestly, I used to hate crowd work in general because I just was never seeing it done well. Now that I've seen it like done well, it's great. But I would always see like a you know, fuck this horror which got our tits out. And I'm like, relax, <laughs> relax. That's my crowd work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, like aggressive, like yelling. At, I guess yelling at a waiter is not crowd work, but I've seen a handful of comedians yell at waiters in the middle of their set. Right. And I'm like, fuck, fucking just tell your jokes. You know, no one is seeing this waiter except for you, you know, and the person that they're talking to. But yeah, I, I always I always memorize my shit. Because uh, if I don't have it memorized, then I'm really nervous and I'm off my game. Right. Because um, I'm I'm always, I, I was always scared I was going to like forget all my shit once I got on stage. So I always try to memorize it. Now, do you tailor the set, like say the comedy store is known as a little more free? Uh, oh, yeah. Dry I try and sarcastic. And the improv is a little more corporate. Laugh actors, corporate, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, I try to read the room. And and give them shit that they like, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been heckled? Uh, yeah. I um, I did five. I had done stand up comedy five times, and I got booked on like a Flappers Claremont Uncle Clyde's comedy Whoa. fucking thing. Rest in peace, Flappers Claremont. <laughs> they shut it down. That that place was a fucking toilet hole. Um, but that was where I did my first open mic. And then they were like, why don't you come to the Uncle Clyde's thing? And I was so excited because I didn't know what it was. And I was like, you know, it's just whatever. But I was like, wow, I've, I've only done four open mics. I'm already getting booked. And then I had a joke about how I didn't want to have lunch with Hillary Clinton. Like I, I, I talked about like, I hate it when a charity is like, if you donate, you could win a chance to hang out with a celebrity. Because I'm like, I know they don't want to hang out with me. Right. So you know, I would want to, I want to support the charity. I just don't want to have lunch with Hillary Clinton. And then this Trump voter in the back was like, Whoa! and it was a mostly black room. Cause someone else on the show brought their whole family. It was like 25 people in the room and 20 of them were related to one of the comics who obviously won. Cause you get a vote at the end. So they all voted for, for their, you know, their friend. Uh, but this whole black audience looks at me like I'm fucking Omarosa or Ben Carson. And they're like, why are you, why, you know, and this was February of 2016, 2017. So he had been in office for a month and like, you know, tempers, you know, still, still high. And uh, he just, he just was like, whoa, yeah. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Now I look like a Trump supporter. And I was, and I, I fucked up because the way I tried to recover was by like, first of all, I nervous laughed directly into the microphone for way too long. Right. And then I said, don't get me wrong. Hillary's my bitch. And that did not win him back. And then the guy goes, boo. And then I was like, relax, dude, we cool. And then I thought, why am I saying we cool? I fucking hate this dude's a Trump supporter. And he's heckling me. Right. And then I just went into this joke where I talk about how I have a white voice. So when I use the N word, it doesn't sound right. And the black people in the room did not like that shit after I just had that interaction with a Trump supporter. So I quit comedy for six months after really? that. Yeah. And then I didn't tell any of my friends because I didn't. They were all like, when's your next show? We want to come because I'd only done it like five times. And then I was like, oh, I'll let you know the next one. But I'm too busy. But I didn't want to tell them that I quit. And then 
for my birthday they they were like let's do it at a let's do it at the haha and so they all could come and watch me do a set so i was like all right let me try this one more time and i told them all, i was like i might fucking be terrible because i was thinking like i was last time and uh i was terrified of that heckler but then i went up and i was fucking great and they recorded it so i put it on facebook and my facebook friends really liked it and one of them commented we got to get you on kill tony and i didn't know what that was and then he told me and he was like oh no tony's a great guy he he always has a regular spot for female comedians to try to help them in comedy and i was like oh my god what a you know what a progressive guy and i just signed up for kill tony wound up being the the photographer got sucked way too far into the whole thing and then just like quit out of nowhere one day because kill tony is kind of like a uh kind of like a, a roast battle-esque uh judgment to one minute of stand-up yeah and uh it, it's a cool show from the standpoint you can be judged by bill burr mm -hmm. but like i've always thought uh what can you show in one minute like yeah uh, and you know obviously it's a successful show and uh yeah and he like, and tony would he tony would be pretty hard on you if your one minute wasn't funny he was like quit you got nothing it's like after one minute uh yeah, I did. I um, I I thought that uh, the way that Tony described Kill Tony to the comics was like anything can happen. You know, you know, you could get you know to open for these headliners. You know, if they like you, if you, if they like your sixty seconds, now you're in. And none of them were trying to help any open micers. They were just doing it because they thought it'd be fun. Right. And you know, so I'm like naive, just into stand up. And, you know, going into Kill Tony after, you know, I've, this is the fifth time I've done the sixth time I've done stand up. And uh, yeah, shit. I but that's where I met my boyfriend. So I guess I, you know, can't be too mad at it. And, and uh, I mean, I would like it when the comics would be less or the panel like Burr or uh, Kirk Fox mm -hmm. would be less roasting and actually give more advice like, shit that's where i was going with that i've smoked too much weed so i fucking trailed off good. but i yeah i i uh i uh tony described it to the comics as you can get advice from working comedians right. from your favorite comedians so that's how he got the comics to sign up but then he did the kill tony documentary and in that he said um he was hosting potluck because he was a door guy yeah and he was watching all these open micers go up and bomb and him and his friends were in the back ripping them to shreds like whispering back and forth and then tony thought how do i make this a show and it's like if you'd have described it that way to me i fucking never would have put my name in the bucket wow. dude you know and yeah he he would make it sound like um it was an inn at the store you know you could do well here and and get your name on the wall or some shit so yeah i was i had just i'd just been doing stand up for like you know i not very long at all and then i I that's another thing where church rubs off on me where I think I treated kill Tony like it was youth group, you know, cause I'm just like showing up early every week trying to, you know, it just felt like a replacement for that shit. But, uh, Tony, I asked him if I could be the photographer cause I saw you just taking the picture with his cell phone and I was like, I have a real camera and I'll take pictures. And so he let me in a, that was really fun. Honestly, I, I really enjoyed it, but I mean, yeah, there's some, uh, some, some weirdos. Well, I, I will say I think Kill Tony was a better avenue to getting past at the store or whatever you want to call it because you're actually seen doing comedy or doing yeah. a roast battle, uh, you know, 
you've seen calling someone fat or a whore mm-hmm. or you know big nose like you can't really yeah just just being a, as racist as you can be in a few puns i mean listen i was the house racist the first three <laughs> years so i i can't really throw i fucking i love i love i love uh i love ignorant jokes i fucking love uh, well i was ma i see i grew up uh my first comedy influence was archie bunker okay who, uh, like you're do you know who that i mean like did you ever watch all in the family no i was not allowed to watch uh that show uh, probably my mom, for good reason my mom liked leave it to beaver and i love lucy so i watched those <laughs> okay, well you can't really get more opposite than all in the family than leave it to beaver but okay all right so it's not the same <laughs> well i was just uh he was period parodying a a racist like he, he's an awful character but mm-hmm. i think his comic sensibility was and i'm making fun of him i'm not and yeah so that's where i uh i don't know if that's good or bad that he was my first comedy influence uh because i also grew up with the dean martin roast which were out of control with the racism and yeah um, yeah yo like you know poor nipsey russell who was this I'm still not sure why Nipsey Russell was famous. He was just this black dude who showed up on every panel of every either game show or the roast, and they just hammered him with the most racist jokes. Yeah. But you could tell they loved him. Like, not that yeah. that makes it any better, but I like I find with the Comedy Central roast, it's just a racist joke to do a racist joke. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell they were all friends on the Dean Martin thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 you know it's a little i don't like people trying to be edgy when they're scared to say what they really believe right you know so it's like then you're limiting yourself to just like be as racist and sexist and homophobic as you can possibly be whereas if you said your real opinions you know maybe those are also really racist sexist and homophobic but you know at least it's more yeah at least it's fucking real at least you're not fucking pretending well, that's why I loved Hannibal Burris uh, for many reasons. Like just the <laughs> fact that he outed Cosby as being this out of control rapist. Uh, uh, the Justin Bieber roast. It's yeah. not a racist joke, but he was like, uh, I don't even know who you are, but uh, I just know it's going to help my career. Yeah. And it was like, Wow, I just rewatched that set. I love that because he was like, I don't, I don't listen to your music. I don't like it. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why you have Hannibal on because everyone else is going to suck his dick and Hannibal's going to. Uh, be honest and real yeah no i really it's probably my sec my second most favorite roast uh thing other than norm mcdonald bombing on purpose the bob saget roast love that that just took that but that was norm he was like i'm gonna do these jokes because i think he was mad that someone from comedy central had not liked some of his jokes you know for the roast because they you have to submit them so you oh yeah you know they just want to make sure you're not going to drop like an end bomb or something. And, and the Norm McDonald's like, Oh, you don't like my jokes the way I've written them. I'm going to do the hackiest shit and I'm going to bomb on purpose. And it ended up probably being the most well-known roast set of at least of the comedy central era. So yeah, of course he died. So why can't the unfunny comics die? <laughs> Saga goes, Louie Anderson was a legend. Like why can't, I don't know. No hacks live forever. They really do. <laughs> I don't want to mention names because then it'll make it seem like I want you know someone to die. But you know, <laughs> it's a it's a wacky business we're in, Alice. Uh, what's coming up? You have any good shows? 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm always getting booked on these little shows that my my friends are putting on. So I I post them all on my Instagram stories. Which is what? Let's get the plugs. Oh, in. right, right, right. Uh, Miss Alice Hamilton, M I S S Alice Hamilton is Instagram, and then Twitter is Alice R Hamilton. And uh, do you do Facebook? You don't strike no. me as a Facebook person. Good for you. No, I I argued with all my Facebook friends throughout the. 2016 presidential election and then after you won i dipped on the whole fucking i was like i'm not just gonna keep fighting with people fuck this do you talk about politics in your act much no i don't i'm super like really you know opinionated politically but i can't make it funny it doesn't make me laugh when i i i thought i was going to when i first got into comedy i was like oh i'll just be you know a political comic because i'm so into politics and then I, I've never written anything about politics that I thought was funny. You know, I, I do a little ranting here and there. Uh, I'm fascinated by Larry Elder. So uh, yeah. just the fact that he almost, you know, won the governor recall. And I voted for him. I'm embarrassed I voted for him. Like, I was just like, I, this is out of control, California, right now. <laughs> like, and so, but I haven't, fa- you know, I... I don't have too many political jokes because it's hard to, because you risk alienating 50% of the room. I don't give a fuck about alienating Republicans it. or liberals. I, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about, about that. I, I just have never, I've just never written a political joke. There's just never one that's come to my mind. I've never been looking at politics, watching any of it and thought of anything funny. It's just, I'm just pissed. Oh, no, I know. I mean, I'm... But uh, I, it's not like I'm staying... It's not like I'm trying to stay away from it. I would totally... You know, if I think of anything funny about politics, I'll say it, you know, but right. fuck it. Fuck how anyone feels about it, but I've just never have. I just think it's hilarious that, like, Schwarzenegger was our governor. Like, that's insane. Just because people were so pissed off that Gray Davis were doing such a bad job. They're like, let's get this guy in. And that's why I voted for Larry Elder. I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, Almost like everywhere in this area. God, he fucking Gavin Newsom was like, "Oh, California, we have this massive surplus. We, you know, in the economy, biggest that we've ever had, or whatever the fuck." And I'm like, "And you're not going to do something? You're not going to use any of it yeah. to deal with this fucking problem?" I, I was pushing a stroller with two babies in it, and a homeless woman comes up and grabs my fucking boob while I'm wa- and just starts saying some gibberish to me. But she just like squeezing my fucking tit, and I was like, "Ah, oh, thank you," and like pushed the stroller and ran away. And I'm like, "God damn." Can we fucking get a place where they can go? Can, can they have some fucking houses? Build a goddamn like giant yeah. shelter so that they have somewhere safe they can go. So they're not saying weird shit to me when I'm with toddlers, you know? I mean, I every time I do Vegas, or, uh, you know, there's a couple rooms in Palm Springs. There's a great dispensary gig I'll tell you about off air. Uh, <laughs> I got a, I've never smoked weed before, so I got a contact uh, high, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, <laughs> I was like walking around after in Palm Desert, just going, oh, because oh, oh, I've I've never been high before. Uh, um, I'm a, I'm I was I'm high right now, and I'm gonna be more high after this. I love it. I, I, <laughs> we don't uh, discriminate here. Um, but I was like, why can't they just build a massive, uh, not a housing complex, but like where you have mental health yep. uh, people who can help them? Because fifty percent of homeless people have a traumatic brain injury. Is is like even if every single one that could get a job did get a job it wouldn't solve this it's like some motherfuckers just need to be taken care of and if california's having this massive surplus and this massive homeless problem like what the fuck are you guys doing you know like quit sending money to fucking 
you know, I think the state of California sends money to Israel so they can buy weapons. I'm like, can we can we yeah. use that for the homeless people instead? I'm not taking care of this country. Yeah, what the shit are you guys fucking doing? And I'm not for me to get upset. Uh, not that I'm like angry, but like it's like, come on, man, Ukraine, let them fend on their own for a second. Like, you know, I got a guy outside this unit with a three bed, three story fucking tent. The working generator. Yeah, we have money. We always have money for weapons, but not uh, the fucking homeless. Yeah, like like, every every single state capital could just have like a massive homeless shelter, just a fucking skyscraper, one of those like Soviet yeah. massive housing units, and it would be cheaper than like anything you do in Russia. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, in Garcetti, he's out of his mind too. Like his yeah. dad fucked up the OJ trial. Jesus, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's you know. God, you know, it, it still blows me away that OJ was <laughs> like his blood was everywhere. But... I know, I know, <laughs> that was a fucking layup, and <laughs> and the fact that he's on Twitter, like it's crazy to me that. Ooh, people... can I can I talk a little shit? Please uh, do. Like you have full. Uh... Brendan Shop gets up on stage and reads OJ Simpson's Instagram captions. That's funny. <laughs> Like you didn't, you didn't write none of this shit. Like are, this is not fucking stand up. If a, if an open mic comedian did that in the lab on a Sunday night, they they would get nothing, and people would be pissed. You might even get fucking heckled for that shit. And he's just going up, and he's like, "So OJ said this today, and OJ said that today." And I'm like, "Boy, what is you doing? Write a joke. This is not, you know, I don't mean, tell me something funny another celebrity said, dog." You know, he's protected. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've only had a few interactions with him. Uh, I've had zero. I got, you know, I've got nothing to lose. He, he's not going to be my friend. I've heard what he says about feminists. Like we're got nothing to lose talking yeah, shit about that guy. Yeah, I don't think you're guy. a feminist. Like I think you're no, just a I strong am. Woman. I, I no, I, I, I like. I'm not out there like, you know. Uh, whenever people accuse me of being feminist, I'm like, I, that's it's never what I'm trying to do at that moment. Well, but literally, I'm a feminist, and like. I, you know, I, I don't think it's like a, you know, a bad word. Like fucking, am I going to tell Angela Davis that she's wrong? You know, I fucking, <laughs> I, I, but uh, that being said, it's like, yeah, I've, I listened to all these comics like rant and rant and rant about like feminists. And it's like, you, when do you talk to them? I feel like if any, if any man like tells a comedian that they don't like their joke, they're like, you're a troll. And then if any woman says that they're like, you're a feminist, I'm like, maybe she is, maybe she's not, but she didn't like the joke, you know? I just listen to these comics on their podcast just be like, this feminist was trying to give me shit over some joke. I t and it's like, you don't even have to talk to him. And honestly, on Kill Tony, I would watch these comedians when female comedians would get called up. I'd watch the panel try to set them up so they could slam dunk some feminist shit. All right. And I was like, yo, that's fucking lame. As soon as a woman said anything, like use these certain phrases. Uh, one one girl <laughs> they asked her what size her nipples were and she was like i don't want to answer that question because i feel like i'd be you know betraying my gender and then they were that just they're like oh you fucking feminine and it's like no 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 that's not even what she was doing you know well that's a question that's <laughs> probably could have been on uh i don't think we needed to know that answer but uh <laughs> She yeah. was joking about her boobs. So as soon as the as soon as the sixty seconds was up, Red Band was like, oh, "Wow, bigger your nipples." I'm like, "Relax, dog." <laughs> Red Band. I love Red Band. I love Brian Red Band. He's always been so fucking nice to me. Oh, he's but he's a he's a dork. He is. Uh, he doesn't get the credit for helping all the comics. He's yeah. Helped. You know, same thing with Moses. You know, like Moses has helped hundreds. 
yeah of comics get stage time that they probably wouldn't get at the store anyway mm-hmm. and red band is uh no i love red band the, yeah the only one that uh that helped him out was uh, ari shafir like made a toast to him for a budweiser commercial because he helped ari shafir get into podcasting yeah and i, I mean, was like hell yeah and he was the brains really that you know cut that whole mencia uh, mm-hmm. thing with rogan at the store i mean it was red band it was like let's film this Redman, uh, yeah, after every Kill Tony, he was super fun to hang out around. He'd be buying people drinks. Yeah. And no, he'd be being silly. Uh, it was fun hanging out with him on the patio. He's one of the good ones. Uh, but now he's uh, living life in Austin. Yeah. I mean, I went once. Have you been? Uh, not for stand-up comedy, but I have been to Austin before. Because you're one of your best friends, Dylan Sullivan. My bestie. The legend of Dylan Sullivan. Yeah, he's in Texas. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get him back over here, but he's having fun and he's getting a lot of stage time and a lot yeah. of good opportunities. He just did a, he just opened for David Spade uh, down in Texas. So okay. They, yeah, they had fun. Um, he told me all about it. He fucking smashed. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um so I shouldn't have said smash because that makes it sound like he had sex with David Spade. He killed. I mean, maybe. I mean, <laughs> and then uh, maybe he smashed David Spade. I don't know. You know, he strikes me as more of a Swartzen type, uh, <laughs> and that's with much love to to Swartzen and you know, but you know, everyone is. Do you have a type? Like, I mean, obviously me? you have a a man, but like when you saw your man the first time it killed Tony, were you like, was he here? You're. Was he your type physically or do you just click with him mentally? I've always been walking around my whole life like I don't have a type. And then uh, just recently I was texting with a friend of mine and I texted her a picture of like all like every guy I had a crush on growing up right. and my ex and my current boyfriend and some of my crushes from like movies like there's a cartoon movie called atlantis okay and there's a guy in there they all looked exactly the same this like skinny (laughs) scrawny white boy with a skinny long face and i was like oh shit i thought i didn't have a type but apparently i fucking do and so that's that's chris (laughs) and he looks i was like i was like yo this started with like the movie atlantis in like 1998 or whenever that shit came out i just like fell in love with this cartoon character as a child and then and then like now i i really think those guys are cute i guess no i love your man we sat next to each other at the uh what was it the pink fox pink fox i love her too uh, yeah she's great she keeps it real yeah like, i did a show with her in uh san diego right in the middle of covid <laughs> it was for a fire uh i think there was a fire in san diego so we did a, a show at an actual fire station I haven't seen her perform a lot, but in this particular set, she was dropping a lot of N-bombs. And the way this, uh, the acoustics were, was it, it was a cul-de-sac. So it just reverberated through this very Republican neighborhood. These are all Trump signs. And it was the funniest I've ever laughed at a show because, you know, it was an open air. We were in the parking lot of the fire station and she's, you know, saying that word a couple of times. Uh, and you just heard it go. I can't even do this. Just echo. Echo. Yes. Yes. You can say you've now become the sixth person on this podcast to say that word. Uh, four black, two white. Ooh. The, the two white guys were, Hey, you're going to delete that. Right. I'm like, nope, no, you said it. You deal with it. Um, that's 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 quality entertainment. You can't delete that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't edit anything out. Uh, I, I 
done it as a favor to some people you know like annie letterman came mm. on and, and she was on a show and i don't know if it was called mean girls something i think it was mean girls and she was like she talked a little shit she's like hey could you take this out that out? i'm like annie it's gonna sound like stevie wonder chop this up like but i did it for her uh so i just saw her on stand up on the spot and she talked about how she was like 15 years old letting some boy play with her nipple rings and i was like you legally can't get your nipples pierced until you're 18 so since it was stand up on the spot after she told that story i just yelled out like who pierced your nipples and she was like oh yeah thank you for asking that like no one ever asks where a 14 year old got their nipples pierced and i was like what the fuck and she, she got it at like a a piercing place like there's some piercing people that they just don't give a shit like if you're a little, little punk high schooler and you want to get a nose ring they'll do it behind your parents back for like 50 bucks under the table or whatever it is so she went to one of those wait was that the show you saw shab do the uh he did OG? it there but he also did it at an improv show and oh. i was like stand up on the spot is supposed to be stand up on the spot it's supposed to be stuff that's influenced by what the crowd tells right. you and i'm like not only are you doing things that you didn't write you're you're doing oj simpson instagram caption jokes but you're doing rehearsed material at stand up on the spot dog get the fuck out of here i mean his special is the last one i've ever watched uh just because so many people were asking me about it i'm like i gotta i gotta see for myself you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know. i just watched uh i just watched gaffigan's uh oh, he, he's great yeah um gotta, that's I, the last one i watched but there's a few that i'm behind on i brought gaffigan up once at the improv and he just played a child molester on law and order and oh, i love that episode oh it, yeah and i'm like hey can i bring you up as a <laughs> he just played a child molester on law and order <laughs> he just looked at me no <laughs> so uh you know i had someone bring me on stage by going uh this is the first woman we've ever had on stage and i was like thanks doc but then he gave me so much money after the show it's all good but i was like you can give me whatever intro you fucking want to it was so long and it was all about how i'm a woman and you know women never are even allowed in there because they're not even that good but this one's really good oh, and then right. i was really good but i was also like damn like really but it was it was fucking now it's just a fucking funny story well, i give a fuck i that's why you're here this has been a podcast it's been a long time in the making because of covid um lois is saying earlier she's saying wrap to, it up not wrap it up is there anything you would like to get out there in the inappropriate all ether uh I don't know, and the the you know what I be seeing your your signs on a whenever I go for a walk, whenever I'm walking a my street team. Yeah. Well, uh, Chandler, who have you ever met Chandler? I don't know. It's probably a no then. Yeah, um, no, I've been in my house this whole pandemic, so I haven't met anybody. Well, during the pandemic, she was like, since you're on a Tyler the Creator cartoon, this is what he does when he has an album out. He gets not he, but his fans. Uh, I don't think Tyler the Creator's doing stensely <laughs> and unfair fact, but she put the idea into my head, and I'm not going to lie to you; it probably hasn't uh, helped me, but uh, it hasn't hurt me. But yeah. like, I, you know, it was look a lot at of work. Look at you go, though. Did you, did you do? Who did them? You? Uh, well, she got someone, some company who made the stencil, and then a lot of black paint, yeah. and, uh, and then posters. And uh, I've learned a lot about rappers and urban artists because <laughs> they all do it on Fairfax. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, that's where I want to do it then. Like, I'll be like the first SoundCloud comic. Uh, and you got to uh, get long, multicolored dreads for that. 
You gotta well, get some braids. That's not gonna happen, <laughs> but um, it's about as multicolored as I'll be. <laughs> get, uh, some, get some face tats, Earl. That's not happening. Let's lean um, into it. I don't want it bad enough, I guess, but uh, I've learned a lot about the culture of uh, how street artists um, market themselves. Like they will put a inappropriate Earl poster on, it'll be up there for two days before another rapper mm-hmm. uh, will literally rip your poster off put theirs on and then two days later i would come back i was a maniac i'd be like fuck man this is my pup this is my, my corner <laughs> uh so I, I got a little hey they got mixtapes to move i get it uh but during the riots you when the helicopter uh if you have a 4k or not 4k but if you have a nice television like high def of any quality and during the riots you could see inappropriate Earl, uh stencils like you know when the helicopter would be Showing the looters. I mean, oh, this is great publicity. Yes, that's money. Um, guys, become fans of Alice. Uh, she keeps it real. She's very funny. Uh, I'm sorry we met uh, when I stormed the stage on Roast Battle. The look on your face. You posted a picture that was priceless. Of I did. <laughs> you just having this blank look on your face, not knowing I'm in a leather jacket with no shirt on. I'm, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I apologize, Alice Hamilton. No, I was so happy you were distracting me. That face was because I had just bombed my ass off. <laughs> There's no bombing in Roast Battle. There's just Roast Battle. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go to Supernova, check out Roast Battle. I'm just kidding. Um, maybe I'll, one day I'll go there. That's where my boyfriend's at right now. Does he go to do the music? Oh, no, because yeah. it's Roast Battle. Yeah. Uh, good for him, I guess. Uh, you'll be meeting him elsewhere. Uh, I'll hear all about it and how great it was. Does he keep it real? Like when you guys, like when he does uh, like roast battle or, or like a comic themed show, like will he come home and go, boy, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, what was he going to do? Be like, no, it was so great. If it wasn't like, no, he was like, you know, your friend's bombed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I think it was me, him and Joel Jimenez uh, <laughs> just cracking jokes the whole time at Pink's. Uh, you know special she was doing great but, mm-hmm. and i loved the way she shot it like she came out playing the good well, I, yeah. I don't know if i can say it, it hasn't come out oh, yet. oh has but, it has it come, okay uh she had a very um innovative entrance like I, I don't think i've ever seen a special where someone came out doing what she was doing and she did about an hour and uh but it just sitting next to your man and uh joel like joel i've always loved just because he's like a little kid yeah like no, he treats you like you're his best friend. He's such a nice dude. Yeah. Well, he's like the type of guy that'll just whip his dick out just to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. And I like I like that kind of humor. I so. love Joel. Uh, but Alice Hamilton, follow her Instagram, Twitter. Go see her show. Support her. If you own a dispensary and you have a comedy night, I think she'd kill it as the <laughs> headliner. She can do non-weed shows too. Like you know, I can't do weed shows because I do. There's a uh, what's it called? Wax. Yeah. Is there a type of weed called wax? Yeah. And I'm not trying to be like doing shtick no yeah that's a, you do like a dab and that's very smoky and very intense there was a place on lancashire that had a great comedy night is packed but like people were drooling their this wax was so strong i'm like this i got i'm i i need to do silver rooms or something uh inappropriate all guys i hope you enjoyed this had a little bit of roast battle talk it's been a while since i've talked about that show and and uh, comic wars Let's promote that show. Yes, Comic Wars is fucking great. And we both get to be judges every once in a while. So that's fucking sick. Yeah, so Miranda Meadows. And uh, Nate Welch. Uh, they and are JP. The, <laughs> JP and uh, it's a rotating cast of judges. You, you are primarily the... Yeah, they let me be like the, the, main, the main judge. 
And then uh, Jason Yanakis. Mm-hmm. He's there. Elliot? And Elliot Mack. Elliot Mack, very funny yeah, comic. Yeah, just had uh, Amy Nicole Schreiber on. She was so fucking funny. Yeah, she's, um, she's cool. Yeah, God, there was another woman who was really fucking funny. I don't remember her name. I guess I'm not a feminist. That's all. Oh, well, there you go. I'm turning her. She's getting more macho. Uh, Hell yeah. Being in this house. Uh, Let's listen to Rogan. Yeah, listen, uh, Joe asked me on the pod. I fucked up once. I really fucked up. He told me to call him tomorrow. I said, I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to palm him. I'm going to call him in two days. And then when I called him, I could tell he forgot he told me. And uh, so like, I fucked up. So. There you go. Joe, if you're listening, uh, I'm still you down. You promise me. Uh, yeah, you, I'm down if you are. Uh, you know, I'm pretty bitter, so it'd be a good interview. Uh, inappropriate Earl, Apple Podcast, you know, leave a review, sub, and uh, rate. And then uh, SoundCloud, you don't have to do anything. You just listen and never talk about it again. And I guess podcasts are on Facebook now, too. So I signed up for that program. I don't know how that works. Uh, but uh, thank you, Alice, for doing this. Thanks for having me. And uh, the Comedy Store, I'll be there next week. Hopefully, uh, Alice might be. Uh, do you perform at the store much? Uh, I do crack them up every once in a while. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Levi. Shout out to Uncle Levi. Love this him. black dude who looks like Dracula. He's so nice to me. He's so great. He's a legend. Like if yeah. you want to talk LA comedy legends, there's there's very few. Um, there was Jeff Scott, the piano player from the store, and, and Uncle Levi is just uh, he's iconic in the LA comedy scene. So uh, go to Crack 'Em Up Thursdays. I probably won't be on that show. I, I just you know you got to know your role, <laughs> stay in your lane, as the kids say. Um, I don't think uh, Crack 'Em Up would like my. Uh, Blacks and hockey jokes. So we'll just, you know, move on. I think they love it. You know what? I mean, it is a pretty funny joke. Uh, so that's all, guys. Thank you very much. We'll be back nice. next week with uh, anyone who wants to come on my couch and talk to me. So we will see you later. <laughs>